What's happening guys? Sam Adams here and welcome to a brand new episode of Caffeinate today for May the 3rd of 2019. My name is Samuel Adams and welcome to today's show. Of course, as always, I do hope this one finds you well and if you are brand new to the show, this is a daily gaming news podcast where I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry and I let you guys know what is going on in the industry we all love and today we have some phenomenal news the absolutely terrible design for sonic the hedgehog is being completely rebuilt from the ground up following fan backlash i never thought i would see the day in which that actually worked however because of his creepy human teeth amongst other dysfunctional appearance based points uh, we are going to be getting a brand new sonic design before november's release of the movie on top of that the valve index vr kit has sold out in under 30 minutes that's right it's no longer out there i mean it sort of is but we'll talk about valve's new vr headset yet again and how you could potentially get your hands on one by the time the fall rolls around the Call of Duty franchise joins Pokemon in reaching 300 million units sold, a very large figure indeed. There was a leak yesterday for Left 4 Dead 3, but guess what? It's fake, because again, Valve can't count to three. Humble now offers Epic Games Store keys for sale. The Xbox community standards now offer examples of trash talk versus abuse, and we'll talk about what that means for the actual definition of trash talk, and also how this is not going to help the hostile gaming community whatsoever. Ray Razer CEO confirms the development of the Razer Toaster is still happening and is on track. And of course, I have a very good deal for you all. In fact, this might be the best deal that I've covered so far this year. There's a free game with an open beta happening starting today. And I'll talk more about that. It is Splitgate Arena Warfare, just so you know. And it is a phenomenal looking game. And I want to make that very clear. Absolutely phenomenal looking game. Uh, so again, if you are brand new to the show, welcome on in. I do hope you enjoy what I bring to the table. And without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's top stories. Sonic the Hedgehog movie designed to be changed following criticism. The internet, you might have heard, did not love Sonic's recently revealed design for the upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Now, thank the furry blue heavens, it's going to change. Today, director Jeff Fowler responded to all the criticism on Twitter. The message is loud and clear, he said. You aren't happy with the design and you want changes. It's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making this character the best he can be. As for what that'll entail, it's impossible to say. Fans have come up with their own redesigns. Perhaps those will be used as inspiration. Or maybe the filmmakers will just rocket off of their own direction again. Regardless of how they choose to approach it, they will likely have a lot of CG to redo before the movie's release in November. And here is hoping the studio finds a way to parse out that labor reason instead of working a bunch of people to the bone. But for now, the author of this article at Kotaku, Nathan Grayson, I believe, if I remember correctly, yes, uh, said a really good line here, a really solid piece of advice. Less human mouths, not more. Please, for the love of God, not more. And that's pretty much where we leave it right now. So there is a complete and total redesign from the ground up of the Sonic design for the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie. The backlash to this is something that was mind-blowing to me because I made it very clear on yesterday's episode of Caffeinate, my take on this. It's not a movie made for people that are between the ages of 20 and 30. You know, those that traditionally played Sonic growing up. This isn't our movie. This is for kids that are going in November with their grandmothers or their parents or whoever they might be going with to see a Sonic the Hedgehog movie and it's meant for people between the ages of like 10 and 15. 
in my opinion. Now, with that being said, as we've seen with many fandoms throughout the internet, that traditionally isn't the way things tend to go. Look at the bronies, for instance. Uh, but of course, two very different worlds we're talking about here. Uh, at the end of the day, people love what they love, and if you like Sonic, you might want to go see the Sonic movie, but to see a brand new design coming in for the little blue hedgehog is obviously phenomenal, because this, this is creepy. This is weird. This is strange. He has very human teeth, like you were 12 and you needed braces, so you went and got braces and now they're incredibly straight and like perfect teeth. That's weird. Now, what I don't want to happen is to see them take the advice of less human teeth and make like pointy strange hedgehog teeth. Just take the teeth out. Just take them out. And I don't mean like take them out with pliers and leave these weird gum things. Don't CGA. No, stop. Just, just it's a cartoon. Just make, make, a, make, a, make a cartoon, please. Uh, but if you did want to see the Sonic the Hedgehog movie coming out this November, and before then, there is a lot of work to do to make this something that they can work with. This is going to be uh, the biggest makeover. It's like Extreme Home Makeover Sonic Edition. That's exactly what you've got going on here with this, this entire redesign. However... Let's move on to some more gaming-related news. The Valve Index VR kit sold out in under 30 minutes in the US. You can still reserve the full VR package, but the new shipping date is listed as by September the 30th, so in that regard, they're already selling the second round of new VR kits. While VR never took over the gaming industry as many expected, there is clearly still quite a strong interest in it. The Valve Index VR bundle, which is priced at a cool $1,000, was completely sold out on day one of pre-orders, and according to Upload VR, the kits sold out in less than half an hour in the United States. Granted, we don't know how many units were available for the pre-order, but they have sent a, an email to Valve to ask, and of course we'll update if they hear back, but for an expensive hardware kit that has just been announced, selling out that quickly is a good indication that people are still willing to give VR a chance. Currently, you can only reserve the kit on Steam, which includes the Index headset, two controllers, and two base stations. Reserving doesn't mean you are obligated to buy it, according to the website, only that you will receive an email when the kit is available to purchase again. Currently, here is what the author is seeing in the US as options to reserve but not buy the various bundles. The Index VR kit includes the headset, controllers, and base stations, shipping by September the 30th. The headset and controllers, no base stations, ships by August 31st, and just the headset ships by July the 31st. You can currently buy the Index controllers and base stations separately, and they will be shipped by June the 28th if maybe you wanted to split up your purchase into small chunks, something along those lines. But if you did want to get the headset itself, looks like as of right now not going to be getting your hands on that anytime before the end of July and if you want the full kit and caboodle no pun intended uh, you are going to be waiting until September the 30th at the earliest hypothetically I mean plans could change but this is a very big deal because it shows how much support is behind VR now as the article does point out there could have been 10 of these you know you don't know how many people were actually trying to get them number one and how many there actually were uh, what is the amount of supply versus the amount of demand so to speak uh, but what I think this does prove is that VR has a big future, and I think we all kind of knew that because of the success of PlayStation VR, which again has not been something that every PlayStation 4 owner has adopted. I don't have one, but I've had a PS4 since launch day. It's just one of those situations where the fact that people are continuing to throw money at this will allow the industry to continue to embrace it. And so I think that these experiments, like Valve creating their own VR headset, uh, is going to continue to push the industry in a direction where VR becomes a bigger part of 
of it. I'm not going to say that the industry will eventually evolve in such a way that VR becomes the go-to way to experience games. I think that's a little bit far-fetched. I would say uh, that the majority of people will always play on some kind of computer monitor or TV. But... For it to become an increasingly attractive option for people to sit down and play a couple of games in VR, maybe experience traditional games in some kind of VR movie theater, etc., like you can on PlayStation VR, as well as other kits, that sounds pretty cool. So, uh, again... If you do want to check out Valve's Index VR headset, we talked about it on yesterday's show. If you do want to check out the specs, uh, it is a phenomenal beast of a VR headset. Uh, nothing like it on the market right now. Truly one that is in its own kind of tier uh, as we see it right now. So, will more powerful headsets come out over time? Absolutely. Inevitably. But until then, you, yes you, can at least get on the waiting list to see if you want to even buy this thing when it comes around. But... Until then, you could be playing Call of Duty. And of course, there are many Call of Duty games, and collectively, all of those COD games have sold 300 million copies, joining Pokemon in reaching 300 million copies. Call of Duty's next big release is rumored to be Modern Warfare 4, pushing that number even higher. The Call of Duty franchise continues to soar. Activision announced yesterday that the shooter series now has cleared 300 million copies sold since it debuted back in 2003. For comparison, the Pokemon franchise passed 300 million copies sold after the release of Ultra Sun and Moon back in 2017. Meanwhile, the Sonic the Hedgehog series reached 350 million copies a few years ago. Exact numbers for other franchises are tougher to track down. The Call of Duty series premiered in 2003 with Infinity Ward's World War II shooter Call of Duty, no mainline Call of Duty game was released in 2004, but a new entry has launched every year since. With development shifting around between Activision-owned studios like Infinity Ward, Treyarch, and Sledgehammer Games, with support from other owned studios like Raven, Software, and High Moon, among others. Activision has not provided a breakdown of sales by individual title or brand, but of course, as you would expect, the Black Ops and Modern Warfare brands are believed to be the most successful. The next Call of Duty game is launching later this year, again rumored to be Modern Warfare 4, and pushing it even further is this free-to-play mobile game coming from Tencent in the Call of Duty universe, which is actually a legitimate Call of Duty game. Like, it's not, you know, some kind of strategy game or a card game or something like that. It's actually... A Call of Duty game, which is pretty exciting for me. Uh, but 300 million copies sold is nothing to shake a stick at. Again, joining stuff like Pokemon and Sonic the Hedgehog. However, I will point out, the article makes it very clear. Sonic hit 350 million, so what I'm hearing is that Sonic and... I mean, it's more popular than, than Pokemon and Call of Duty. Is that what I'm getting at? But uh, anyways, I, I digress. Uh, if you did want to check out Call of Duty, of course, the last couple of entries have been relatively, uh, you know, received with mixed reception, so to speak. They've been fine. Black Ops 4 is a fine game, but nothing really does hit that same level of quality and that same level of satisfaction that I got whenever I was playing Modern Warfare 2 and Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. There was something about those early modern Call of Duty games that really just blew me away. And of course, the games that come out today, again, are fantastic, they're phenomenal uh, in their own right, but nothing really quite like Modern Warfare 2 and the original Modern Warfare. And again, maybe my expectations have changed, maybe games have improved in other genres and other uh, shooter franchises to the point where Call of Duty just feels lackluster these days. That very well could be it. Uh, because again, people's expectations shift drastically throughout their lifetime. So, uh, if you did want to dive into Call of Duty. Again, tons of options out there going back all the way to 2003, but 300 million sold. Congrats to the teams over there behind the scenes that make this franchise possible year after year 
after year after grueling, grueling year. So many Call of Duty games. So many. Uh, however, yesterday, if you follow me on Twitter at Pretty Chill Guy, if you don't, you should. I talked about a Left 4 Dead game that looked like it might be debuting at E3 because of the first part of this YouTube video, where it says 2019-06-11, which is the first day of E3 2019. However, this leak for Left 4 Dead 3 is in fact fake. Whack, whack, whack. A very impressive teaser that turned up today on YouTube has a lot of people wondering if a new Left 4 Dead game has suddenly sprung a big leak or if Valve is perhaps trying its hand at viral marketing. It could be Valve did release a new teaser for a flagship game coming this year after all, and this would not be the first time we have heard whispers of Left 4 Dead 3. But the far greater likelihood, sorry to say, is that it is a fake, and of course, again, it has been confirmed as a fake. You sit on a throne of lies. You sit on a throne of lies. For one thing, the video is complete and polished, but purely environmental, which isn't how Valve rolls. Left 4 Dead is frantic and visceral. Check out the, uh, of course, Left 4 Dead 2 teaser for evidence of that. And this, for all the atmosphere at Stokes, is not. The zombie hand at the end is suspicious as well because it's a direct copy of the original Left 4 Dead hand rather than something indicating the third game in the series. Joke about Valve's inability to get to three, if you will, but I can't see a breaking in established pattern or, of course, on a major franchise, just to nod and wink and silly inside jokes. Uh, so, again, this is not real, this is fake entirely. Do not look for a Left 4 Dead 3 coming into E3, but I will say that I love these fan-made trailers and stuff like this because it is exciting, you know? And even looking through the comments section on the video yesterday, people knew this was fake because, again, you can't just believe this is real. You would be naive to expect that. However, the environments, the lighting, I wanted this to be real because Left 4 Dead brings something to the table that just hasn't quite been hit uh, since Left 4 Dead 2. Of course, there have been these team-based zombie survival experiences that have come out even in mainline franchises like Call of Duty inspired largely uh, by Left 4 Dead. But nothing has quite come close to Left 4 Dead uh, in any kind of way, shape, or form. And I would love to see this game franchise come back. Again, Valve is doing some weird things. Uh, it's almost like they listen to the community, and then they're like, Haha, you don't know what you want. Uh, but that just blows my mind. I don't know why you wouldn't just... It, it's literally money that you're leaving on the table. Just throw it at a development studio and be like, Hey, make Left 4 Dead 3, and boom, you just you get money. You get money, and you could make a good game that people would love. And so, if you did you know, have any kind of inclination that the game would be coming out. Unfortunately, I am here to report it is, in fact, not. However, if you did want to buy something like World War Z on the Epic Game Store, you could do that because that is now available via Humble. At least I would assume it is because now... Humble offers Epic Game Store keys for sale. The Humble Store has begun offering keys for the Epic Game Store exclusives. While this decision was announced a few months back, it has finally taken form with the three games being available for purchase. Customers will be able to grab Metro Exodus, Dangerous Driving, and Borderlands 3 from Humble. So, no World War Z quite yet. I was a little bit... I was trying to make the transition between these two stories as smooth as possible, and I made some assumptions. The benefit here is that Humble allows you to check out with multiple games in a shopping cart, not to mention frequently runs discounts on its selection of titles. In an announcement over on its website, Epic Games wrote that more games will be coming to Humble over time. While that was probably obvious, the company did mention that it has shifted around features on its roadmap for the next few months. Why a basic shopping cart is still a long-term goal is beyond me, the author says, and I agree with, but I suppose snatching up games is more important than creating a quality storefront. If you are interested in nabbing these titles from Humble, you can find Metro there, Dangerous Driving there, and Borderlands 3 there. Of course, there are links in the article, and you can always get a 10% discount as a Humble 
full monthly subscriber, uh, while Borderlands does not offer that discount. Uh, so again, to see it come to Humble is phenomenal. Humble is a fantastic storefront. Of course, whenever you purchase things, uh, your money does go to a good cause, at least a portion of it. And so to be able to have it on Humble, I think, is uh, opening the industry up a good bit. And again, many, many more sales are found on Humble as compared to even stuff like Steam. Uh, so to be able to have that opportunity to get a game uh, at a slight discount is is good. And to be able to see it on the Epic Games Store is also fantastic. So uh, it's good to see they're opening up the floodgates a bit and allowing some games to leak through. And of course, more are coming in the future, but I'm a big fan of Humble. They do some good things over there. Of course, their bundles are what they're famous for. Uh, really, really good little bundles of some really good games. And so if you haven't checked out Humble, I would highly encourage you to give it a look because, man, is it worth checking out. They do some really good work over there. However, whenever you get these games from Humble, you might be trash talking some. You know, you just throw a little... Throw a little little insult in here and there. The Xbox Community Standards now offer examples of trash talk versus abuse, a handy guide for those who are not sure where the line is in fact drawn. What exactly is trash talk? Dictionary.com defines it as disparaging or boastful language used especially to demoralize or intimidate opponents. But that is not adequate because disparaging means different things to different people, which leaves the door open to terrible tirades of abuse behind hand-waved as mere trash talk intended to get under your opponent's skin and apparently working because you sure are upset, aren't you? In an update to the community standards for Xbox posted earlier this week, Microsoft has laid out exactly what it cons uh, excuse, excuse me, constitutes. Microsoft has laid out exactly what it constitutes trash talk on its platform and what crosses the line into harassment and abuse. We get it. Gaming can be competitive and interactions with other players can get heated. A little trash talk is an expected part of the competitive multiplayer action, and that's not a bad thing. But hate has no place here, and what's not okay is when that trash talk turns into harassment, the site says. Trash talk includes any lighthearted banter or bragging that focuses on the game at hand and encourages healthy competition. Harassment includes any negative behavior that's personalized, disruptive, or likely to make somebody feel unwelcome or unsafe. To qualify as harassment, the behavior does not have to be drawn out or persistent. Even a single abusive message could harm someone's experience. Know where to draw the line, when to back off, know and respect the other player. Not content with merely defining the term, Microsoft also shared multiple examples of acceptable trash talk and going too far. Acceptable trash talk includes, all right students, break out your notepads because here we go. Get destroyed. Can't believe you thought you were on my level. That was some serious potato aim. Get wrecked. Only reason you went positive was you spent all game camping. Try again, kid. Cheap win. Come at me when you can actually drive without running cars off the road. That sucked. Get good and then come back when your KD is over one. Going too far looks like get sexual threat. I can't... <laughs> Can't believe you thought you were on my level. Hey, profanity. That was some serious potato aim. Get wrecked, trash. Only reason you went positive was you spent all game camping. KYS, kid. Cheap win. Totally expected from a racial slur. Mother of God. You suck. Get out of my country. Maybe they'll let you back in when your KD's over one. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> That's horrible. It's funny, but also unfortunate that we apparently need to provide word-for-word -word examples of how to not be a racist while you're playing video games online. At the same time, I think it's kind of heartening to see Microsoft acknowledge that racism, homophobia, extortion, excuse me, exhortation to suicide and other forms of abuse are, you know, abusive. 
PC gamers have the advantage of being able to use services like Discord while playing online, which might make these rules seem a little less relevant to us than they are to console owners. But the line between Xbox, the console, and Xbox, the game service is growing increasingly blurred, and Microsoft has indicated that it plans to increase its commitment to PC gaming in the future. And if Microsoft is willing to nail down specifically what is and is not acceptable behavior in its code of conduct, I wouldn't be surprised at all, the author says, to see other services take similar steps in the future. So... The messaging here is good, of course. Every move that can be made towards a more welcoming space for people to come and play games is, of course, a good one in my book. And that's just my opinion. Some would say that, you know, freedom of speech, all that good stuff. At the end of the day, you're using somebody's platform and they can pretty much dictate what is acceptable on their platform. So uh, if you take trash talk a little too far then you need to be careful when you're playing on Xbox. But on top of that, uh, you probably shouldn't be saying things like, get sexual threat, can't believe you thought you were on my level. Of course, that one's not that that terrible. But on top of that, stuff like cheap win, totally expected from a racial slur. No. No. And then, you suck, get out of my country. If you stopped there, probably should never say that at all. Like, none. Zip. Zilch. Nada. Never do these things. These are bad people. Uh, so, again... You know, when you're playing online, be respectful of each other. Everybody's just trying to have a good time. Uh, I see it in communities that I play in. People get very hostile towards one another. And just just don't bring it there. Don't bring it there. People are trying to escape from, from the hostile real world. Let, let gaming be fun. Let gaming be lighthearted, please. However, do you want to buy a toaster? That was the best transition I have ever done on this show completely. Razer CEO confirms development of the Razer toaster. It's okay if that doesn't make sense to you at all, because it shouldn't. And that's fantastic. After thousands of Facebook likes and dozens of tattoos, the fans have spoken and the Razer toaster will become a reality. A joke that started in 2013 led to the creation of the Give Us the Razer Toaster Please Facebook page, and Razer CEO Min Lang Tan said the PC gaming hardware company would create the toaster if the page acquired 1 million likes. Following up on the horseplay, Razer's 2016 April Fool's prank was Project Breadwinner, the first gaming-grade kitchen appliance built for gamers by gamers. Fans of the idea continued to show support for the gamer-oriented kitchen appliance over the years, with a dozen even getting tattoos of the toaster. On Monday, Tan liked the page and confirmed in a Facebook post that Razer will begin development of the Razer toaster. Alright, I didn't think these guys were going to make it, but they did, Tan wrote. Well, what I can say, I've just officially liked their page and I'm going to put together my team of designers and engineers. It will take a few years, but I'll be sure to share the progress and make it a community affair. A Razor Toaster for Razor Toaster Lovers by Razor Toaster Lovers. Kevin Allen, senior PR manager for Razor, said in an email that there is no internal information yet about the toaster. However, there was at one time a prop that could burn the company logo onto toast. So, uh, this is not going to turn out well. However, if you are looking forward to buying an RGB uh, Razor Toaster within the next couple of years, then you could be getting it, uh, at least getting some updates via this Facebook page. Now, I want to make it very clear. This toaster is very simple. A toaster is a toaster. You can find one for probably less than $10 at your local Walmart. Uh, but to see a Razer toaster, on the other hand, with RGB lighting and, and the ability to burn the Razer logo into a piece of bread... Well, that changes the game now, doesn't it? Of course, this is all just a joke that's being taken to the next level. And Razer is a really cool company uh, because they make fine peripherals. You know, I've had Razer keyboards in the past. I've had a couple of headsets here and there. Uh, but what they do really well is talking to the community and being in touch with those that buy their products and use their products. Uh, they do a phenomenal job with that. And so I think this is kind of a part of that where this is fan service in its most extreme form.
That's really what this is. Uh, so if you were looking forward to buying a Razer toaster, congratulations, coming your way relatively soon. But now let me tell you about this free game, because man, I have been looking forward to this. Let me tell you right now. If you aren't already, pause this podcast, pause this YouTube video, however you are taking in this information. Go over to twitter.com slash splitgate, because that is the official Twitter account. This is an arena FPS that looks and plays like Halo. I want to make that very clear. This feels like Halo. It is inspired by Halo. The gameplay, the gunplay, everything about it feels like Halo. But you add in elements of Portal. So if you aren't familiar with Portal, essentially if you shoot a portal at one wall and then you shoot one at a ceiling, if you look through the portal on the wall, you will see from the ceiling perspective. That is the idea behind Portal. So now, marry these two ideas together. If you have a sniper that's half a mile away from you and you shoot a portal behind him on a wall and then you shoot a portal to the wall to your left or right or whatever that direction is, right for me, left for you, etc., then you can shoot through that wall and shoot him in the back of the head. That changes the entire landscape of competitive arena shooters. That blows my mind. This is a phenomenal idea, and I cannot wait to dive into it. And you should be excited, too, because guess what? It's free to play, launching on May the 22nd. I am so dang excited for this. You do not even know. I was prepared to pay full price for this game. I have been following this development for a very long time. But again, launching free to play May the 22nd. However, you don't even have to wait that long. The open beta begins today and runs through May the 6th. It is a very exciting weekend for your boy. Let me tell you right now, because I'm going to be diving into this like, oh my lord, a diving, a fat kid on a diving board going into a pool of jello. It is going to be a big weekend for me. But I digress. Very excited. I would encourage you to give it a shot again. Free to play completely, totally. The open beta is out right now. You can preload it, uh, load it up on Steam and boot it up and play it. So exciting. So exciting for me. However, that does round out today's episode of Caffeinate. Of course, if you are brand new to the show, I appreciate you checking it out, and I do hope you enjoyed what I brought to the table. But if you do enjoy it, be sure to subscribe on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media or follow live on Twitch.tv slash The Samuel Adams to get the show live five days a week, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And of course, you can always find it on podcast services around the world, including Spotify, which is the best way to listen to podcasts, in my opinion. And of course, on Anchor.fm, which is a phenomenal podcasting service. But until Monday, you guys have a phenomenal weekend. I will talk to you soon, and peace.